0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of the Coming New Spurs podcast. Sorry about the technical issues there. We'll sort that out because that's the second time that's happened to us now. But let's get straight into what's another exciting week as a Spurs fan. So, in, we would introduce some guests, and as you can see, we have got a proper Spurs legend joining us tonight to chat all things Tottenham. So nice we'll to get meet you, into <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, how have you been? How's your week been?
2: Very good. Um, yeah, very good. Obviously, Spurs won last night, played golf today, didn't lose neither. So, yeah, aye, aye. good week so, so far. Living the dream.
3: Living the dream, Mickey. Very jealous. Living
1: it. (laughs) Patrick, have you been, my mate? Another good week?
3: Yeah, another good week. Obviously, we're going to chop it up. I'm really happy to be here with you, obviously, Carl, Ryan, and the legend again, Mickey. Mickey, we keep on biting heads like this. It's good. Yeah, you're
2: stalking me, Patrick, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And joining Patrick and Mickey tonight, Ryan, have you been, Ryan,
0: this week? Can't complain. Carl? It's always good to come on after a tottenham win so we always seem to dodge the uh dodgy results don't we on this show and always manage to come on after a win so no complaints yeah that's right yeah we like to say we didn't do
1: a show after middlesbrough and i I think that's a game all of us probably want to forget um and we'll start talking about the everton game now because obviously we had one change from the lineup that's been playing the last couple of weeks um and obviously benton came in for winks last night now I felt a little bit harsh for Winks after the Middlesbrough game, because I think a lot of fans were on his back. Um, But particularly, you know, it was a game where no one stood out and no one had a great game at Middlesbrough. But obviously, Winks Winks seemed to get a lot of stick off the Spurs fans. And I thought, you know, a lot of people were pulling him out from that Middlesbrough game when, you know, a little bit unfairly, in my opinion, no one stood out. But Mickey... Do you think that was the the right change, and, and do you think that was a change that was always going to be made? Bentoncourt coming in for for Winks
2: there. Well, Bentoncourt was definitely going to start. Come what may, if he was fit, um, who it was for it would obviously be Winks or Holberg, um, but it could have been any one of the eleven. To be honest with you, none of the boys um, performed anywhere near the level that they're capable of, uh, and that the. Produced at uh, Leeds and Manchester City just a couple of games earlier, so um, yeah, it could have been anyone. Unfortunately, it was Winksy. Um, that's football, uh, and particularly modern-day football, because um, the, the rotational side of the game means that you're going to be in and out the team. And um, and it Conte might have said to Winksy, "Look, this is just part one of the rotations. You know, who knows?" Um, but certainly, ben, Benton Corr did ever so well last night, I've got to say. I was very, very impressed with him. He was calm, he was composed on the ball. He he added um, calmness to the old team, not just to himself, but the old team. Suddenly, we seemed to be able to pass the ball better as a team. Um, And he was behind almost everything without being the one that played that telling pass. Um, But there's two different types of creators. There's, there's, There's the playmaker, the one who makes the play, who gets everybody involved. Brings everybody into the game, and then there's got then you 've got the, play, the 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 creative player that can actually uh, open up defenses Benton Co is the one that we 've sort of sadly been lacking in recent in the recent past someone who can run the game and control the pace of the game and dictate the possession side of the game for us, um, and then sometimes he can play the odd killer pass um, so I was very impressed with them last night,
1: yeah, pat Patrick, as Mickey said there. When he's in the side, you can just sense there is an extra level of calmness, isn't there? I mean, him himself on the ball is very composed. You know, you can see that he, there's a player that doesn't get panicked, even if he's got bodies around him. Is calm, collective on the ball, and, and he's always thinking, say, a couple of moves ahead of his passing. You can see that note straight away last night, didn't it? how much more comfortable we were in midfield.
3: Yeah, he's so silky and smooth and I love his, his demeanour is just calm and he, like Mickey said, he it's almost like he reads the game before it's happening. I still feel, not to be too critical, but I still feel he's just a touch behind the pace of the Premier League. I still feel at certain points he's getting caught and the ball's getting nicked where he's good enough to get away from it, but it's almost like he's misjudging the time and the speed and the tenacity of the league. So once he gets to grips with that, he's going to be immense. He's already awesome for us. Definitely made a difference. And like Mickey said, he just, Cool. he gets the ball it's almost like he just slows the whole game down you know like the top players they don't have to be quick but when they get the ball it's like almost time freezes and when he gets it he can just see everything and then you know i mean like nice touches in the box even when he's getting pressed then he just releases it gets it back and he just makes the pitch look bigger because he's literally spreading dictating play and um He's someone we feel, I mean, you you saw how much we've missed him in the last couple of games when he's not been in. Because even against like Middlesbrough, no disrespect to them, low opposition, we didn't have anyone that could do that. Um, So fantastic to see him back. I was a bit worried because when someone rushes back, you're not really sure if they're going to be 100%. But he looked good to me. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to need him uh, on Saturday against Man United, but I was really impressed with him. Other than him getting caught once or twice, he looked good, composed, and he just definitely is that link and that conductor that we have been missing, like Nicky said, for quite a while now.
1: Yeah, that's right. And Ryan, it was quite nice to see a Spurs player pick up an injury, but then be back in the side relatively quickly because... You know, as Conte's has touched on it as well and as we've seen with Oliver skip, you know, we have, we have kind of been cursed sometimes, haven't we, where a player will pick up an injury and before you know it, it's two, three months before we actually see him again. But was you happy with that change? Would that have been the change you'd have made knowing that he was fit again?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a big bonus. I mean, I think last week's show when we was on, we were talking about him maybe being out for a couple of months. That were the reports, and then obviously, Alistair Gold came out with that he should be back for last night's game. But he is like Patrick says; he's just calm. You don't see no uh, when players are in certain positions on the pitch. You see maybe sometimes panic a little bit. Play a short pass back to the keeper, put a defender in uh, up against it. But he just never seems to rush. And yeah, he does lose the ball a couple of times. It does. He does get picked off a couple of times due to not not really rushing with the ball, but. Nine times out of ten he'll get you out of that position and you won't think to play the ball out to the wing backs. So he'll go straight for Kane, he'll go straight for Son and he will get the team on the front foot. I think that's probably the the worst thing when you've got Winks and Hoyberg. They they're both very they they're both very passive in the game. They both like to keep the ball, whether that's back to Romero, back to Lloris, back to a wing back. You need a bit of everything in that midfield. So when he plays, you feel confident that he's gonna get the ball he will drive you forward. I think it was his I think it was his pass for the session, young assist for the own goal if I'm right about that. That's really, that was him getting the ball on the half-turn, moving up, playing the wing-back straight in, so it is good to see him back. I was a bit shocked he played the full 90, to say it was his first game back. I think that was probably just because Romero, after that challenge on Richarlison, you have to take him <laughs> off because he's a hothead. It is, he does not slow down when he goes in for a tackle, so You don't want him suspended going into Old Trafford. So that was the right call. But I just hope that he's fit enough for Old Trafford. And you never know, we might get lucky and get Ollie Skip back for that game as well. You never know. It was was a great, you know, obviously we spoke before the Middlesbrough game
1: saying that one thing that can sometimes be important is setting the tone early. And we said in the Middlesbrough game, didn't we, that it would be key to try and get an early goal to kind of settle some nerves and then we can relax. And the longer that the game went on nil-nil, the more you, you know, the nerves would kick in, especially away from home against a championship side. Last night, Mickey, we saw you know, when, when Spurs are really at it, we kind of see what can happen, can't we? Those That early 15, 20-minute start, 20 minute start 2 nil up, playing some fast football, free-flowing, you know, one-touch, quick passing across the pitch, nice through ball. When we start a game like that, there's not many teams that can kind of match us and keep up with us, is there? No. Uh, I, I have to
2: say that um, it's, it's sort of what I preach. I believe that um, every, every football club has its own history, its own traditions, its own philosophies, its own style of play. Uh, and I think if you go through the success, successful periods of any football club, you will find that they're, that they're the most successful when they are playing to their own philosophies and their own style. Uh, and I've always believed that Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, when we're on the front foot, uh, we look a much better team. And we always look likely to be more successful. So whenever we're on the front foot in, in, in a game, I always feel a little more than capable of being anybody that's before us. And um, When we go on the back foot, um, as we have did in the sort of last couple of years under, under Mourinho and under um, the Wolves' Manor, what's his name? Um, Nuno. Um, and, and even sometimes when we have did it under Conte, when we've sort of played at a slow level pace... And we've not pressed high up the pitch, we've sort of defended deep and invited them onto us. I always feel that's when we look a poor team, particularly at home, not so much away because the, the onus is on them to attack and the onus is then on you to exploit the gaps they leave. So away from home, and particularly at the bigger teams like Manchester City, it, it sort of can suit the way we play away from home. Uh, but when we're at home, I really believe that we've got to get on the front foot, we've got it let them know what's coming their way we're going to press them all over the pitch early doors we're going to uh, hit them with everything we've got um, and get the early goal get the second goal and then but don't rest on your laurels there Uh, that's what pleased me last night was we got 2-0 up in 25 minutes and and um, you know in the recent or the very recent past we've sort of tended to sit back on our laurels and invite you know I remember being 2-0 up at against Arsenal at the new stadium last season, I think it was. Yeah. And um, we sat deep in our know, box almost and invited And Luckily, they missed a lot of chances. They could have got back in the game. So, I always say, keep going. Keep doing what got you in that position. This is Tottenham. This is how we play. This is the dare is to do. We go forward. Uh, and at 2-0, uh, it's a quite a precarious position to be in because they get a goal, suddenly you feel under pressure. You get the third goal, you feel totally relaxed, even if they... Score, score their first goal. So, uh, my motto is that, you know, get on the front foot. We're always, and, and this team in particular, because our best players are up top, why would we want to sit deep and defend deep when all our best players are on the top of the pitch? So, get on your front foot, utilise the best players, some of the best players, not just in the Premier League, but in the world, Harry Kane, for instance. You know, Sonny, let's utilise their abilities by playing on the front foot. Let's not drop the defend deep, invite teams onto us because we're not the best when playing like that as, as against um, Southampton and Wolves uh, at the new stadium recently um, and even Middlesbrough to a degree. Um, so, on the front foot, I love it when we're on the front foot. I always, I always see positives when we're on the front foot. I always see a good result at the end of the day. I really do. And I think that's the way for not just this team, but every Spurs team to ever play.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, the fast start was key, and Everton just couldn't keep up with us today. I mean, defensively, Everton were a bit of a mess, Patrick. But you have to say the football that was being played and the movement from our front three was just, they Everton just didn't know where they were going? Were they? You know, you've got oh. runners. You know, you've got the the wing backs making great runs. Harry's just an intelligent player and knows where to go. And you've got Sonny making his burst. And obviously, we'll come to Kulu a bit and talk about his start in his Spurs career. But Everton just couldn't keep up with us last night, did they? I mean, you know, in that first half, we could have added a couple more, and you could just see straight away. I mean. Once we got those first two goals, at no point for me was there any doubt of what was going to happen that night and which way the result was
3: going. Yeah, I think it's um it's a really good mixture because you've got the wingbacks now and they, they did the same against Leeds. And it's for the first time, I think after the Leeds game, I spoke on it. It's the first time the wingbacks are actually contributing going forward. You know, like they talked about a back five, Conte loves a back five, but it's not a defensive unit. It's essentially, you know, the two wingbacks are your wide attacking players. And um, Doherty is now starting to impact games. You know, we'll probably talk on it later, but he's getting forward. He's threading passes now. He's whipping balls in. He's linking up with the attacking play. And we we didn't see that all the last season and pretty much the first half of this season. Sessing Young was bombing forward. Uh, causing problems. He was a bit sketchy at first, but you know he st- he, he contributed well. And then when Regalon came on, he he basically slotted in and did the same thing. So you've got the wing backs feeding the attacking free, and obviously Kane dropping deep is always going to cause problems because the defensive players don't know who's. You know, following him and who's tracking him. If you man mark him, then not, you're leaving gaps everywhere else. Sonny's movement is always going to be is a one, and Kulicheski just does everything. He's everywhere. He's you know tracking back. He's moving around. He's he's moving defenders around, and obviously he's dangerous when he's um when Son or Kane go forward. You see Kulu dropping back to the top of the box. So he's always they're all essentially playing triangles all over the pitch, and um yeah, just brilliant movement. Everton of course, aren't the best team. And, you know, we're going to face stern a test. But at the end of the day, we made the game easy by just being basic, playing to our strengths and essentially not letting them breathe. So it was good. It was really good to see. Yeah, Ryan, we we got those couple of early goals
1: which settled the nerves, don't we? And then obviously we go and grab the third quite quickly as well, um, around the 37th minute, which, you know, that through ball from Doherty to Kane, there was never any doubt was there once Kane was in.
0: Oh, none, none. I mean, we talk about Benton Core and now. <clears throat> calm is on the ball. When Harry Kane's in front of that goal, you never see him rush. Not a rush in his body at all. He, always, he takes the perfect amount of time. He always knows exactly. I mean, like when he scored last night, obviously, uh, you say to yourself, yeah, he, it's all right against Pickford because England training, Pickford, he knows Pickford's game a bit more. But I don't think it matters what keeper he's up against. There's not a keeper that could make him rush his decision. He knows what he's going to do. But most, I mean, we saw it with Sonny last night. He had an effort before Kane's goal that he should have scored when he went in one on one. He maybe rushed that a little bit. Didn't really have a plan in his head. But Harry Kane, I mean, we 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 talk about him every week on this show. I don't. yet yeah, he keeps giving us more to talk about because he's just. I mean, we will, it, come, we will come back to Kane a little bit
1: later <laughs> and talk about that record. So, don't go too big on Kane I just yet. I won't go too big.
0: <laughs> too big. Oh, I won't say much. But that, that, once again, I agree exactly what Mick has just said. When, when we went 3-0 up in the past, you tend to see us play the ball around the back four, back five, see the rest of the game out. But I was praying, obviously, our goal difference been massively boosted. We were on um, plus three going into last night's game. I think Arsenal in fourth for on plus twelve. We needed. I mean, I was watching the game with my dad even at five nil. He was still say he was still screaming at the telly, get six, go for six. Yeah. yeah. For Absolutely. I think mean, that's that's what you want to see from Tottenham. With that's the football we love to see. And yes, Everton were a poor side, but unlike the journalists and everyone else, I'd rather focus on how good we played to be. And this is usually a game we would slip up in. As tot- I mean, you hear Spurs and uh, Dr. Tottenham's the new one. When a team's struggling, go to play Tottenham. But no, they didn't give them a chance to breathe last night. And that's the perfect performance to go into this massive game at the weekend.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing and Mickey I think touching it earlier, you know, we've had games in the past haven't we where we've gone in at half time in the lead and Mickey you rightly said, you know, the Arsenal game last season was one where the first half we were dominant, we went into, you know, we went in ahead and you could almost sense that second half come out with just a that, you know, nothing silly now sit where we are, don't lose anything, don't give them anything, and we'll see the game out. And that is obviously, for me, the worst thing you can see a Spurs side do. You know, never feel confidence in us trying to just sit back and hold anything. But the second half, Mickey, that is the perfect start, isn't it? Come out and straight away, bang, goal. It sets the tone again,
2: doesn't it, for that half? 100%. I mean, um, for me, uh, it's the only way to play. I mean, at five nil, I we took the foot off the gas, um, played very good possession football, and uh, and created chances. But you know, as you rightly say, Arsenal's goal difference is twelve. Whether we whether we catch them or not, um, we, we might need to do it via goal difference. So last night at five nil, I think there was about twenty minutes to play. Um, another two or three goals would have got us really close to their goal difference. So, uh, goal difference could be vital come the end of the season. Um, so, it, for me, the tw- it was disappointing to see us take O four 4 off the gas and not go uh, for the jugular and get 6, 7, 8, 9. And, and at the end of the day, um, how lovely it would have been to score 9, um, in retaliation to Lampard when he, last season when they beat us 2 0, and he ran over to the fans at the full time whistle, giving it all this. You only know, beat us in the league, I mean, come on. Um, so it would have been lovely to see, look, don't celebrate in front of you, on our ground in front of your fans running on the pitch and all that. Laura. You know, we, we've done you 9 0. It would have been lovely to say, <laughs> say 5 0, but 5 0 wasn't enough. I always say that um, the karma comes back to get you one day. Uh, and we had the chance last night to really amar amarom a bit of karma on um Lampard and his celebrations.
1: So Mickey, I'll stay with you just quickly there because, as you said, we we scored the fifth on in the fifty fifth minute of the game. Yeah. So we still had a large chunk of the game. As of, as someone who's played the game and as the professional, do you is there a thing at one point where a team will say a message might go around as right? Listen. No. Foot off the gas well, here now. We just that we just hold this now. Let's not go crazy. Or is it? You know, say it was disappointing last night because I'm like you. I also think if you get six, seven, eight, even, you're sending a message out as well, aren't you, to other teams yeah. to say, listen. This is us. We're ruthless. And if you come here and play us in this sort of form, we'll tear you to part. So it was disappointing. But would there have been anything there that at some point they go, right, Actually, Certainly not in the team
2: that I played or in any team that I played. In any team that I played, we never ever take the foot off the gas. Uh, We would always say, let's keep going. Let's get the second. Let's get the third. Let's get the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, never, ever did we say not to, uh, and and particularly when you're five nil up, it becomes so much easier to score. Then, um, you, you know, when you when you're nil 0 it's, it's it's very difficult to score a goal because they've got something to fight for. But when they're five nil down, they've got to sort of throw a little bit of caution, trying to score a goal or get some respectability to the scoreline. Um, so, it becomes so much easier to get those. And, and, and your confidence is absolutely sky-high. Everybody's circulating the ball. Everybody's in complete control of the game. So, it's easier to get that sixth and that seventh and that eighth and that ninth. Um, and I'd like to see you show that mentality. I think that you want to go from the, um, to a winning mentality watch Manchester City. When Manchester City are in that same position, they go for the jugular. They don't suddenly say, right, let's just keep the ball. They could keep the ball all day, but they go for the sixth and the seventh and the eighth and the ninth. And and, and that is that takes a different mentality. You know, when you've won the game, the game's over. But hang on, we're 5-0 up, but I won six, I won seven, I won eight. And as you might rightly say, Teams that come and then play you, they think, wow, this team's quite ruthless. So, you, you, you sort of, a little bit of fear goes into the opposition when you start scoring goals. So, um, I would love to see us go for, keep going forward, keep going forward. One, I love attacking football. I can't stand boring defensive football. I wasn't, I wasn't born to play that way. I wasn't born to watch football played that way. I was born to see open, entertaining, attacking football. I was born to be a Spurs player because that's what we've played all our lives. And and when I see us going forward, I think it's a joy to be older, to cite some of our football at times last night. The, 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 The goals at Manchester City, the goals against Arsenal last season were two of the best team goals you'll ever see from one end to the other in about three, four, five seconds. You know, incredible. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. We're good enough. We're good enough. We've we've, we've solidified the defence by Dyer being fit. We've now got very good player in Romero. We've got Dyer just sort of sweeping in between, and and then you've got Davies uh, as a left-sided centre back. We look, we still look vulnerable, but we're still there's a more solid look to. I mean, I don't think Everton hardly had a chance last night, you know. Yeah, no, uh, no
1: shot on target last night. No, that's Everton right. So. I,
2: and, People say, well, Everton are crap, Everton are this, Everton are that. Hang on, Manchester City got a late winner against them, didn't they, recently? Yeah, I sure right, yeah. And um, they should have had yeah.
3: a penalty as well. And Everton, yeah. And, yeah. and, and they should
2: have had a 100% yeah, exactly. penalty, that VAR over so, yeah. so when you talk about them being crap, hang on, the champions of or the best team in Europe, in my opinion, struggled to beat them 1-0. And we've wiped the floor with them 5-0. And, and even when we took the foot off the gas, we still could have had another 5 or 6. Yeah. Um, so um, Everton, yes, they're not a good side, but they can make life difficult for you. Uh, and we made the job. It actually looked like they were div uh, div div two, and we were Premiership last night. We were streets ahead of them so far. Um, and, and I've I've no doubt the press they never liked to praise us. So and no <laughs> doubt that they wanted to praise how bad Everton were rather no good we were, but. You know, you just look at our goals, some of the goals were absolutely... I mean, uh, Doherty, you know, I'm, I'm not Doherty's biggest fan, I've got to say. Um, and certainly, I believe that he hasn't warranted being my biggest fan so far. Me Yeah, or yeah definitely, yeah. Biggest fan so far. yeah.
0: I've
2: got to say, last night, I thought he was superb. It's the best I've seen him play. Um, even when he played for Wolves, his two passes for Harry Kane's goals were absolutely... Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, the second one in particular, it was just, I mean, I was right behind it. It was Anari's body shape as the ball was travelling into him. Both passes were absolutely outstanding. And if if suddenly he develops the confidence um, yeah. that he's lacked in, in his first period at our club, if he suddenly develops what he showed last night, then he might just be one of the wing-backs that might surp- surprise us. Or we've all been saying, oh, we need two wing-backs. <laughs> um, but this Dougherty on last night showing, um, he must grow a bit from that. Yeah, You would hope he does. Um, not that he should need that to make him grow, but if that's what he needs, good luck to him. Another couple of performances like that and we'll be saying, wow, we found a wing-back. So credit to him. He's, he's do- I thought he was going to be sold in the January winter. He wasn't. Last night he showed that hey, he's a better player than I actually thought.
1: Yeah, Patrick, you know, like I say, attacking-wise, we were great. And we'll touch on there, though. Defensively, we were really solid as well, weren't we? Because if you look at that Everton lineup now defensively, they are a bit of a shambles at the moment all over Mm -hmm. the place. But when you look, you know, Calvert-Lewin was back for them last night. You've got to say he's up there with the strikers in the Premier League at the moment. Richarlison, now he's, you know, he's no mug, is he? You know, he is Mm -hmm. a, a good player and on his day a match winner. You've got the young lad, Gordon, who I think looks a really good player for Everton at the moment. Van der Beek in midfield for them. This is not a weak Everton side attacking league, but I felt we really sort of played well defensively last night as well, didn't we? And looked solid. You know, Romero, Dyer and Davies are starting to really form a solid partnership, if you like, a trio back there now, aren't they?
3: Yeah, and and this is it. I mean, Mickey's touched on it. You've touched on it, Carl. Even Ryan's alluded to it. Um, at the end of the day, yes, Everton looked poor. They're not great. We all know that. Hence why they are where they are in the league at the moment, fighting for their lives. But at the same time, we also made them look poor by just being so solid defensively. You know, I didn't see sometimes even when you're two or three nil up, you feel a bit... Tentative or shaky when the defenders are moving the ball around or they come into possession of the ball. I never felt that yesterday. Everton really didn't get behind our line. They didn't really move our defense around. We were solid. We attacked and waited. And even when um you know because I was at the game as well. And when um when Everton had the ball, you saw Dyer pushing everyone up, making sure that we weren't camped and sat too far deep and too far back. So Dyer, again, he doesn't get the plaudits he deserves. Yes, he has been. A bit dodgy at times, but I feel this season he's been really good. And he was back there communicating, moving the guys around. Romero, we know, is a great defender. He obviously can have a bit of that hot-headed or rashness about him. I didn't. There was no need for him to clean up with Charleston the way he did. Like, really. <laughs> was going nowhere, and he just cleaned them out. And it was, it was I, good. I, to I just like the
0: fact
1: that he got up trying to moan about the fact <laughs> he was going to get a book in there. I, I know, know he's, he's like, like, like referee. He's
2: come on, cool. cool. what,
3: what? Like, like, <laughs> he was nowhere near the ball. It's so funny to see. But no, I do, I do think we. Yeah, like, I, I thought he got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and even when Big Dave came on, Davison Sanchez, because obviously were getting that yellow card, we wanted to make sure he didn't get a second yellow. We need him badly for Man United in the next games. Even Davison Sanchez coming, on to his credit, I'm always a bit worried when he's in the team or when he's on the ball. He looks fine. And I know, like Mickey said, when you're four or 4-5-0 out, like, it's a bit easier to spray the ball around. But yeah, I just think defensively, we looked solid. And it's great that we kept another clean sheet because goal difference right now it's so congested in that fight for 4th, 5th, 6th, whichever. Uh, goal difference right now is an extra point And we need to close in on the fact of that we're level on points at West Ham, but we're below them because of our goal difference. And obviously Arsenal having like a plus 11 or whatever they have, we 12. need to chip away. Is it plus 12? I yeah. think we're we're on plus 8 now, aren't we? After it's not the that team. I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Making Mickey's weighed this on. all up. He's no. he, he looked
3: at every scenario here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we just went ahead of uh, Man United on goal difference, but obviously they got a few points on us. So, yeah, it's all going to count. So, like, like you were saying, Ryan, I really wanted more, you know, 5-0 up after 60 minutes. There's no 30 minutes left on the clock. I know you want to also preserve your energy. You've got a big game on Saturday. But with the fact of where we are right now, I would have loved to get six, seven, eight. Like you're saying, Mickey, send a message out to everyone. Like Tottenham are no mugs. You come to White Hart Lane, you're going to be, need to be on your A game. And don't get me wrong, 5-0 does send a message out, but seven, eight or nine sends a bigger message out.
1: Yeah, yeah Ryan, as we said earlier, um, Doherty, this new sign-in, as you know, right wing back that we brought from in January, what a player he looks!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It's it's actually good to see him with confidence, and not not just him either, because at the minute he seems to be forming quite a positive relationship on that right hand side with Kulosevsky. So the more confident he gets, the better. I mean, like Mickey said, the the ball, yeah, the ball for the first goal was brilliantly played through, but the ball for the second goal, it was just as good as Hoiberg's against Leeds because it was perfect. I mean, Kane obviously did the did the hard way, he finished it, put the ball in the back of the net, but the ball was... It, Kane couldn't have asked for a better pass. If It would have got the same from Christian Eriksen if he was still in the team. That's how good that pass... Now, I'm not comparing Doherty's passing
1: to Eriksen. Oh, it
2: was as good last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Dare it was, I say, it
1: reminded me of a young... Midfielder at Spurs back in the, back in the day, Ian Crook. Fuzz, fuzz, fuzzy hair, <laughs> you know, young, oh, yeah, young Nicky Hazard, you know that sort uh, of ball, yeah, <laughs> finished yeah. right I
2: on mean, the money. I, I, listen, as I said, it, it, it's 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 imp- important to remember who played both passes. You yeah. know, you, you you look at them, I, I don't think I'd seen them play a forward pass. Um, he he was so lacking in confidence that he would always turn back and go back to the centre-back mm. or, or square to the midfielder and then suddenly he's played two dream passes and, and you know some players they need uplifting um, some players have self-belief and they don't need anybody to tell them that they're a good player they don't mm. need, need anybody to say great pass they don't need any because they've got that inner self-belief so they don't need to be uplifted but some do and, and as a manager, as, as as teammates, you need to recognise that fact. Um, and when he does something special like those two passes, um, hopefully everybody told him how wonderful they were because if that gives them a lift, then the biggest benefactors is the team. And um, The, the all-team will benefit from a position that's sort of been um, fluctuating between three or four players and not ever really recovered from losing... Uh, Kyle Walker, really, Uh, Trippier came in and did okay, but um, Kyle Walker was a massive loss to us. Um, And suddenly, last night, he showed signs that, hang on, uh, he got forward at Leeds, he, he put crosses in, he scored. Suddenly, he's creating goals and he's scoring goals, and you're thinking, well, it must give him a lift that he needs. And I expect to see better performances from him now on the back of the last two or three performances that he's put on, um, because he must be uplifted. He must suddenly feel like, I belong here. Um, the fans is, were much more uh, complimentary about him. Um, His passes were shown on TV, so he must feel good about himself. And hopefully that will rub off on, on uh, at Manchester. Uh, and he puts in another great performance because... There's nothing better than seeing someone who, in my opinion, was down and out and, and looked like he was gone. Um, and I'd have been quite happy to see him go because he wasn't someone that I thought would make us title contenders. Um, but on last night's show, if he can perform like that every week, then, yeah, he could prove me wrong. And I hope he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: So and another we, player that we've go, we got to come to, and I come to you first, Ryan, on this one, Kulu, Kulus FC. What start? He's had. I mean, I remember now after his first two sub appearances on Twitter, a lot of people were already <laughs> prepared to write him off and say, Oh, this doesn't look like much of a player we've got. We can see why Juventus have given him us. But he's played six games for us now, scored two goals, three assists. He is really growing since he started started matches because I always have to say you can't judge a player till they've started some games coming on coming on as a sub. It's hard to come on with twenty minutes to go and try and have an impact, especially if you're playing in a side that are losing a game. It's it's not easy. He's got his first appearances and now he has basically made that place his own, isn't he? You know, you're now not looking, thinking, well, Moore is going to get back in next week. He is going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. He is really impressive at the moment, isn't he?
0: Oh, massively. I mean, not not only is attacking, but you see how hungry he is to get back to help the team defend as well. And I think I think my favourite thing about him at the minute is he's, he's left-footed. Yeah, and it, when he cuts in on that left foot, he's dangerous, but he's got no fear of taking it past the defender and putting a crossing on his weaker right foot. And... Every cross he seems to put in creates something for us, whether it's from a defensive clearance from themselves or actually reaches one of our players. And like I said a minute ago, him, him and Doherty could form quite a really good relationship down that right. They seem to work well together at the minute. But like I say he's not; he's still fresh to the league. He's, he's. A, I can only see him getting better and better the more he plays for us, and then the relationships with Kane and Son will improve with. Doherty will improve, whether it's Bentoncourt or Skip or Hoiberg in midfield. They still probably don't know everything about his game yet. The runs he likes to make, the type of passes he likes to receive. The start is made, like I say, Lucas Moura before the two-week winter break that we took. He was probably one of our best players in the squad that we had. But at, at the minute, he's got no hope. Of asking Kulosevsky out of this, and obviously Bergvine's dropped further down the pecking order, so he's. But that's what we want, that's what we've been clamming for is some competition for positions. I mean, like say, Doherty's come in, made that right back spot his own at the minute. Emerson's not going to get in. You've got Sessignon and Regulon on the left competing for them spots. You've got four midfielders competing for those two. That's what we need at this club is competition. And if Lucas and Bergvine watching Kulosevsky drives him on. So he's desperate to keep his place and by all means, it only benefits his fans in the club.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Mickey, he, he's really impressive. I mean, I always think it's so funny because he's one of these deceiving players that just when you think he's lost the ball, he'll get a toe there or he'll suddenly turn the defender the way he wasn't expecting and he's away. He's really impressive and like I say, if he can continue setting up the goals and scoring the goals the way he is, then we've got ourselves a real player on our hands, haven't we?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I, I got to be honest, I like to see left-footed players playing on the right. Um, I remember when I played with Chris Waddle. Um, when he arrived at the club, we decided to play him left wing or left midfield as such, and he was totally ineffective. The minute we transferred him over to the right side, he was sensational because it gave him both options. So when he cut inside... You have to remember there's, uh, there's method in the madness of having a player on the left when he cuts inside because he cuts inside, the ball's on the outside of his left foot. It's the furthest point away from the defender. He can't get anywhere near that ball. So, it's, it's, it's just naturally shielded without you having to shield it uh, just because you've come inside and, and, and the ball's the furthest point away. So, I love to see that because then he, when he crosses the ball, it's curling in towards the goal uh, as well. Um, as we saw in the goal that Harry scored at City, yeah. um, the winner. Um, perfect barley in, curling in towards goal. You've just got to glance at it, and it and it's going to go in the net. So, um, yes, he's made a great start. Um, he's still very new to our game um, and there's still um, things that he will learn. He's very young as well. Say like 21 um, as well. So. 21, exactly. So, yeah, imagine him in a year's time. Uh, I've only had a not just a year's more experience in playing in the first game, but also a year's more experience of playing in our league um, and playing the way he's expected to play for our football club. So I think there's lots of... Um, um, it, it, and also it's, it's very important that we don't build expectation too high on him yet yes. um, because suddenly... We've gone from two substitute appearances to saying, "God, why are we signed this guy?" Suddenly, <laughs> yeah. saying, "What a good, what a good find!" So, um, it's important that we keep the expectation down at a bare minimum because he's twenty-one. He's learning about our game. He's finding his feet, and because he's finding them quite quickly, doesn't mean it'll he'll maintain that rate. Mm. Um, but in a year's time, I think we'll see the best of him because he's got ability. Um, he sees a pass. Uh, he's confident on the ball. Um, and as you rightly say, he, he works ever so odd defensively as well as does as, as Benton Bent, Bent Core as well. They work ever so hard defensively. So we've sort of gained uh, reasonably good attacking players with reasonably good defenders. So it's been a a, a reasonably good January for us. Um, all we need now is a good summer. <laughs> so, Patrick, and talk about, <laughs> let's talk
1: about. Yeah. Let's talk about the main man after last night, because Harry Kane, now on 176 goals, has overtaken Thierry Henry in the strikers list for the Premier League. He's sixth on that list at the moment. Obviously, he's got Shearer's record in mind at 260. So, you know, we're we're still a good distance away. But the guy just keeps on defying everything everyone says about him, doesn't he? You know, I don't see how... We've had this debate with people on Twitter, haven't we, saying he's not world-class because he hasn't won anything, and you just go, he's now gone ahead of one of the players that a lot of people will say was one of the best strikers the Premier League has ever seen. That surely tells you enough in itself, doesn't it?
3: I mean, even before, I don't understand how, I mean, Carl, you've seen it for yourself. Uh, Funny enough, I was at the ground and I replayed, you know, when Kane, the Doherty, you know, amazing ball over, Kane watching it over his shoulder, the volley. I couldn't believe it when it went in. I was like, this is just amazing to see it wrong foot know. as
2: well yeah exactly
3: On yeah. am on your left foot and I just I, I just tagged that guy and he's like oh you know what I've got to hold my hands up <laughs> he, he's putting me to shame at the moment I mean Kane's finishing left foot right foot the header against Man City he's doing it all spraying passes he's I mean even the cross he put in for Dyer where Dier uh, headed it and it hit the crossbar he's doing everything at the moment I mean other than the only thing you can throw at Harry Kane is he's never won a trophy. And it's such an easy cop-out and people will do it. And it's, it's easy for them to do it. And they'll say, oh, you know, they're named rubbish players that are sat on benches and picked up three or four trophies. And it's easy. But, if I mean, Carragher said it last night. He goes, in his time of punditry, there's only three players that he thinks are special and elite. So Kevin De Bruyne. Mo Salah and Harry Kane. He said those guys are different class and Harry Kane can do it all. And he also, which I'm glad he did, someone that's not a Tottenham fan or linked to the club said his passing is just as good as Kevin De Bruyne because we know that as Spurs fans. But when we come out and say it, oh, you lot are being biased. Oh, it's only because you're Tottenham fans. But now everyone else is cottoning onto it and seeing it. The guy's just, he's something else. And to to think he came for our academy, we really lucked up because... You can't really put a price tag on it. I know they said 100 million, 150, but he's priceless. The, the What he contributes to a game, when he's on form, no one's touching him. Now, Mickey, obviously
1: Kane is after that is after Shearer's record. You know, it, I, I have no doubt that he will go on to break that record. Do you think ultimately he'll do that fully in a Spurs shirt or do you think at some point we may have that problem if this summer isn't where we need it to be, that again, we'll have the whole situation where Harry might be looking to, to move? Or, or do you see him, would would he potentially, would there be that thrill of being, you know, the premiership all-time scorer and a one-club man? Well, you'd like to
2: think so. I think the the fallacy that you can only be world-class if you won a trophy is... Absolute cods, well, look, <laughs> um, unfortunately, and really unfortunately, is that it's teams that win gold uh, trophies, not individuals. Um, you know, and people say Lionel Messi is not the, the goat because he's never won the World Cup. Well, hang on, there's 10 other players that have to help them win the World Cup. Um, so I, I don't go anywhere near that philosophy. You're a great player, me. Um, what I'd like to see from Harry Kane, of course, uh, there's nothing better than finishing your career with trophies in the bag and being down in history of having trophies. It's, it's, it's a lovely, lovely feeling. And I've got three. Um, but if someone said to me now, this second, Mickey, you've got two FA Cups and a UEFA Cup. Would you give them up to be regarded as Spurs' greatest player of all time? Not a question I would. I think the legacy that you leave behind, you you look to Jimmy Greaves, for instance. People talk about Jimmy Greaves still to this day of how great Jimmy Greaves was. 266 goals for Spurs. Harry's closing in on it fast. And they still rave about him being our greatest player ever. So Mm. what a legacy to leave behind. And and I'd like to think that um, Harry's very close to the Jimmy Greaves uh, record. I think he'd probably need another season. Uh, I, I can't imagine he's not thinking of breaking that record. Um, if he's not, then I want to know why, um, <laughs> because he he deserves to break that record. He deserves to break Shearer's record because he's a better footballer. He's a better all-round footballer than Shearer. Shearer was yeah. a great player, but he's nowhere near as good as Harry Kane is. Um, and, uh, um, and while Shearer managed to trans uh, get some trophies along his path, um, it was because he went to blackburn and and Blackburn spent at that time big money in bringing in players and and built a team capable of winning the title um, but ari's was ari in my opinion and I played against Shearer, is a better player than than alan shearer uh, and I think that if Ari stays at Spurs um and even if he leaves, he'll go on and break every record. Not questioning yeah. question in my mind, every record he will break. Uh, but there's much more to Harry Kane's game, certainly in the recent sort of, two or three years, uh, since he added the dropping off and, uh, and deep and almost uh, playing like Sheridan, where Sheridan used to drop off into the deep play and play people in and then come into the box late, unmarked and score his goals. Um, Harry Kane is is... is far better because he comes in and he he creates goals. He plays incredible passes. Um, He makes goals for his teammates, but then he still arrives in the box and scores lots of goals. So um, he's a fantastic all-round player. For me, he's the best out-and-out centre forward in the world. In the world. There's no, it's not even debatable. Um, Was he as good as Messi at his best? No. Was he as good as Ronaldo at his best? No, Um, definitely not. Um, But in terms of an out-and-out centre-forward, there's nobody in the world who... I actually think Harry Kane would be a world-class footballer if he played centre-midfield also. Because he has that vision, that weight of pass, that that range of pass, um, the the awareness to see it before anybody else has seen it. The understanding, that's the key to the way Harry plays the game, is that there's midfield players who can see runs and they lit the run. All day long. okay. But Harry doesn't see the runner. Harry sees the space the runner's going into and he plays the ball into the space in front of the runner to run onto. You know, and it makes it easy for them to score goals. So there's not just a a seeing the pass and uh, and having the, the, the technique to execute the pass. There's then the understanding of the pass as where do I need to hit this pass? Because if he's running at full pace, and you're pinging it into him, so he has to control it at full pace. No, you want to be hitting it into the space that he's running into, and the ball needs to be dying a death as he's arriving at the ball so that he can just take it on in his stride like Sonny often does when Harry plays him in. Um, so there's... This, Incredible understanding. It's not just about the, that. It, oh, he's got this wonderful technique to be able to hit these passes. It's the awareness, but also the understanding that he's not seeing the man, he's seeing the space he's running into, and that's what he's hitting rather than the man. And it's absolutely outstanding. And I genuinely believe that there's Harry in two, three, four years' time 32, 33, 34. I think he'll drop back into centre midfield and become a creative midfielder. I really do. I think he's got that much um, passing ability that he'll make a super midfielder one day also.
1: Yeah, Ryan, I mean, there's not much more you can say about Harry Kane, is there? But again, like I was going to say last night, that that finish for the second goal, that's his wrong foot, but he still finished it naturally. Can I just say, before you
2: go a step further, the day before yesterday, I went into the training ground, right? And I spent an hour with Harry teaching him how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: expect to see you on the bench from next week onwards, then, Mickey. <laughs> 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 Ryan, uh, hopefully you never go in and spend an hour with Harry. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll every week. <laughs> you don't let me in. I've tried. I have tried. You
0: won't let me in. <laughs>
1: I mean, he he is just different, isn't he? And he will break these records, won't
0: he? It's is, it is destiny that is for Harry Kane. Like you say, it's that that finish last night though. It it just looked effortless to him. It didn't look hard for Harry Kane. It's like like Mick alluded to. It's his weaker foot. It's, it didn't fall on his right foot. It fell on his weaker foot. But I think this is what this is what annoys me when. Fans other than Tottenham fans talk about Harry Kane. I mean, when he was out on loan at Leicester and Norwich, nobody but Harry Kane would have predicted he would be where he is at the minute. And everyone raves about Cristiano Ronaldo's work ethic to improve himself, but you never hear that about Harry. Harry Kane has worked hard to be where he is right now. He's trained day in, day out. He's taught himself new things. He's had several different managers. I mean, this isn't an overnight thing for Harry Kane. This is effort, Monday to Friday, on the training ground, learning new things, really blood, sweat, tear stuff from Harry Kane. And, yeah, I mean, actually, this trophy stuff, you judge... Mickey said it, all right. You, you judge teams on trophies. You judge players on players. You judge a player... On how he plays, how he finishes, if he's a striker, how he defends, defender, goalkeepers. That's where you judge them. You you could judge Tottenham as a football club right now for uh, not winning any trophies. But Harry Kane as a footballer, is, you, you would struggle to find many players better than him. And obviously, you've got your Mbappes and Haaland's out there now. None of them could drop deep like Harry Kane can and play a forward pass like he can. Yet he's still probably a better finisher than both of them two as well. He's he is the all he is the all-round player for us. Now and it, what he's 28, he's at the peak of his powers at the minute. Now it's down to the club to persuade him to stay by giving him something to work with. I think his future lays with Conte's at the minute because you've seen at the start of the season with Nuno and all the Man City talk; it, it wasn't the Harry Kane uh, as Spurs fans know. But now Conte's here, he seems a bit happier and a happy Harry Kane is a very dangerous Harry Kane to opposition week in week out because he wants the best for Tottenham. He wants trophies. He wants Champions League football. He wants the best players to play with. Great point. We've got we have, we have got to support him as Harry because he is our star man. There is nobody. With his star power. It's a great Ireland. point
2: you make, Ryan, about Harry wants to win trophies for Tottenham. I spoke to Steve Perryman not, not too long ago, and he said to me, Mick, you know, when all the hullabaloos surrounding Harry in the summer wanted to leave, Stevie Perryman rang me up, who's won more trophies for our club than any, any individual. And he said, Mick, there's something special about winning a trophy for the club you love. He said it's worth 10 of going to another another club and winning 10 trophies with them. If you love a football club and you support that football club and you play for them and you win a trophy and it's the first for a while as well, for that football club, it means more than 10 of for another one. And I absolutely and totally agree with him. When Harry does, if he does, uh, and I'm sure he will, if he wins a trophy for Spurs, I can't bear to imagine what it's going to mean to him. It's going to mean the absolute and total world because he'll have achieved everything that he's achieved individually, but suddenly his individual achievements are helping the team achieve. And that's ultimately the object of every player, an individual within a team, always wants the team to succeed because it's sort of, to contribute to the team success is equally well more important than the individual success. So, I'm certain Ari is desperate to win trophies for Tottenham.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I say I, I can't, you know, I can't say any more about the guy than, than everyone says. And, like I say, you know. If we're judging players on trophies, then we've got to assume some of these third-choice keepers that are sitting on benches are some of the best goalkeepers in the world all of a sudden. It's just nonsensical. And and if you're a football fan and you're not saying Harry Kane's class just because he hasn't won anything, then I'm afraid football maybe isn't for you because, you know, you've got to use your eyes and judge the player on what he does on the pitch. Um, then let's look at United away. Patrick, we've really got to, you know we are you know this is the problem isn't it one step forward two steps back this is a real opportunity to go and set a marker in this this weekend isn't it to say right listen we're now going to try and get this momentum going i think we're going to see a week between each game is really going to help us going forward because i think conte can get that plan together with the team on the training ground that plays in our favor But this is a real big game, isn't it, at Old Trafford? And one where we really need to try and lay the ghost down of this one step forward, two steps back, Spursy, Dr Tottenham,
3: and actually put a marker down to say, listen, we're up for this. It's a huge game and it's essentially a top four six-pointer because they are right in the mix for top four as well. Obviously, we are Arsenal. people. Most people will say those are the three contenders. I know West Ham are there. People feel West Ham may drop off. They might, they might not. But at the moment, you look at Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham. The fact that we're playing them, if we can beat them, we obviously stop them getting points and we elevate ourselves with three more points. It's a must win. I do think we'll beat them, to be fair. I just have a good feeling that we'll beat them. Uh, They're not looking great. I know... Man United on paper and on their day, they can beat anyone. I mean, the Premier League is the Premier League. Even Norwich can beat you on your day if you don't turn up. But I just have some. There's something there that I feel right now, the Tottenham boys have a point to prove. We've been down-talked. Even Roy Keane was quite cheeky in his uh, analysis on um after the Man United game. I know they would have saw that. That would have pissed off a few of them. Conte's basically been on them. And I just feel, I do feel in the last... Premier League games. I put that over asterisks. We have played well. The t- opposition hasn't been great, but that does bring confidence. Sonny and Kane and Kulicheski look great. I just, yeah, I think we're going to beat them, to be honest. I really do. Uh, and I think that will then lay the marker down that we can win more than one game at a time, and then we just build from there. Um, but yeah, going back to your point, Carl, it needs to be three points. A draw doesn't help either one of us. Both teams will be going for it, and I just think if that if it does go like that, we have the better quality. And we are the better team and we will beat them. Yeah,
1: Mickey, like I say, you know, this spell now where we have a week between each game is something that we really haven't had for the majority of the season um, going. And and I think that's kind of hindered us. And, there, you know, we have seen Conte's record of each time we get a week and he can work on something on the training pitch. We see in the following game that this is a side that's well organised. I think, you know, are you feeling confident about this trip to Old Trafford? And is it something where you can say, is it a mental block where we have to get over that hurdle of saying, listen, we win one, we then need to go and win another one. And like I say, lay a marker that, listen, we've gone to Old Trafford, we've beaten Man United as well now, and we're fully on this top four bandwagon. I think it's very
2: important when you, you go to places like Old Trafford and the Etihad and Stanford Bridge and Ibury and, and Anfield, these places you've got to go down there and you've got to lay your mark- marker down early doors. And that means you don't give them an inch early doors. Um, you know, whenever we played them at Urum, um our team talk involved us getting at, getting at them in the first 20 minutes, really put them under pressure, let them know that, you know, we're going to be eating them alive. And um, when we went away from them, it used to be dampening the spirits of the crowd down, quieting them down, slow the game down, take the sting out of the game, not let them get... Us. If you looked at the Manchester City game, Man United, for instance, at the weekend, that first 20 minutes, Manchester United looked a good team. Um, yeah. They looked threatening. They were opening up City. Uh, but, that went, but they also have a soft underbelly as well in that um, once City had got their second goal, it was sort of game over and it became men against boys. So it's important that you weather the United storm because they've got quality, no doubt. Uh, but if you weather the, 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 that sort of 10 or 15 minute storm and and during that storm you you come out and hit them and throw some sucker punches their way um they tend to look like they can fold a bit as well which is what Keane and neville were complaining about so it's 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 very important that we don't give them a an easy route to success i don't let them get an an early goal Don't, don't let them get a second because no doubt when their their confidence is high they can they can actually create your problems but if you can get, hit them with a super punch when they're, at, when they're looking quite good, um, I really feel that there's a vulnerability about them that we can exploit and we've got the players that exploit that. And, and uh, as we've seen at Manchester City um, a couple of weeks ago, when a team's coming at us, which they will have to do, um, we're brilliant at exploiting the gaps that they leave as well. So um, we're developing both aspects of the game. The one where we can sit back, sit back and hit them on the break in a way, games against top teams, but also when we're controlling the game with possession like we did last night, um, we look like we, we've got the movement and the, and the quality to break teams down. Well, we did last night. That doesn't mean we'll have it every but, game, <laughs> but we didn't against Southampton or, or, or Wolves or whatever, but we did last night. So, so the signs are there that we're developing, both, both aspects of the game. And on, and on uh, at Old Trafford, we are going to need, but we're going to have moments where we're going to have to defend and hit them on the break, and then we're going to have moments where we can control the possession side of it. And, and, and we're, it's not going to be like playing uh, Burnley away, this. This is going to be like playing Man United, and they're going to be throwing bodies forward, and you're going mm. to be able to exploit the gaps. And even when you're in having control of the ball and you're dictating the play, there's still going to be gaps because it's Manchester United. They have to play in a certain way, and, and, and their personnel, Says that's the way they have to play, they have to go forward and attack, and that leaves spaces for us to exploit even when in possession as well. So, can we win? Not a doubt, we can win. We need to have our, our top boys, um, on song Sonny, Harry, um, the right midfield, what's his name? I can't pronounce it. Kulicheski, Kulicheski. Um, uh, you know, we need to be um, full wing backs, need to be getting forward, getting there. Fullbacks on the back foot, um, but yeah, I think we'll win. I think it's a massive two games for us. The next two games, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, it is. West yeah, Ham as well. Yeah,
2: you know we can't forget West Ham. I mean, we if we beat West Ham, I think that sort of puts them out of the top four race.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, if we beat Man United, it doesn't quite put them out, but I think they will be hovering, bordering yeah. on out, um, and then it would be sort of be sort of looking like Arsenal or us. Um, with us with us having them to play. I think they've got Liverpool and Man City as well. So, yeah, they've got a tough I haven't run studied of some them, games there, there at one point. Yeah, And they've got games. Yeah, yeah that's they... right. So I've, I've not actually studied it um, much. <laughs> 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 he says, he yeah. I But yeah, well, I think we've got to go there and we have to go there believing that we're going to win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and believe you me, it's, it's not a even though they're not a particularly good side at this moment in time, what they are is they've got good individuals but not a good team. Mm -hmm.
3: Um,
2: And if you look at their transfer policy as well, what they've done is they've signed good individuals but not shaped it into a team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why there's a vulnerability about them because they can all be good on the ball and they can all do good things. But as a unit, they're very fragile. And that's what we have to exploit. We have to really get at them, really test. Um, after weather and the early storm, we really have to put them under and, and test their confidence. You know, they got bashed 4-1 in a local do- Imagine our team losing uh, the Emirates 4-1 and then coming back to our stadium sort of four or five days later. We'd be ready for war with our, t- our team, wouldn't we? Mm. I remember, uh, you know... You come back and, and, and you sense there's an atmosphere in the ground that, right, <laughs> we better be up for it today. Otherwise, we're going to give them up for losing 4-1 to the, in the, <laughs> the local derby, you know. So we have to play on that also. We have to really put them under the microscope early, early doors after weathering their storm and test them and test their character. See what they're made of. Are they going to be able to weather the storm when, you know, they've, they've had a battery in 4-1 and if we get a, a, an early goal how they're going to feed. What's the, fan, what's the? how's the fans going to react? Have, the, have this team got the character to bounce back? That's the question marks that are asked them, and that's the question marks, uh, are the questions that we have to put. Uh, but I think we'll go there and win, and I think we'll beat West Ham as well.
1: Ryan, we're going to go score predictions now. Ryan, wh- wh- what are you predicting for this weekend at Old Trafford?
0: I'm going for a 3-1 Spurs win. This is oh, very got, confident. There's both teams, there's brilliant individuals on both sides of the pitch, but we've got the best one in Harry Kane, and I think he will be the main man in that game. Well, I think he'd be licking his lips
3: at the chance of playing that United defense, Ronnie. Yeah.
1: Patrick, what about yourself? Score yeah, prediction?
3: Um, I have the same as Ryan, and I'm sticking with it 3 1. I just think with that front three, especially with the wing backs creating spaces and pushing forward. I just think we've got too much for them. Of course, like Mickey's saying, they're a dangerous team. We have to respect them. But I think 3-1 is a, is a good shout. And I, I do see Sonny, Kane and anyone else chipping in with some goals there.
2: Mickey, what about yourself? Score prediction for this weekend? Well, I'm, I'm tempted not to tempt fate. I'm tempted to see a 6-0 Man United. <laughs> 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 but, but then I'd be lying. Um, you know, You know, when you're sitting watching a game, And you say, we're never going to score. And then we score. Mm. You think every time, oh, I'm going to say that. So I'm tempted to say 6-0, man. United. I really am. But I'm not. (laughs) I I, I think 3-1 Spurs. I really do. I think that we've got the ammunition. Yeah. The other night, yesterday, must have did wonders. Wonders for their belief. Um, The way they... It wasn't just about the fact we won 5-0. The most important part was how well we played. Um, the possession football, the, the, the creativity, the the flair, the opening up, the creating chances, the movement throughout the team was, was exceptional. So that's much more important than the scoreline. It, you know, um, I always say that, you know, if you keep putting in good performances, the, 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 the top results in the end come your way. So we can go Man United full of confidence. I really think that um, they'll not be. They'll be fragile and they'll be looking to get off to a fast start to lift their confidence. We've got to make sure that they don't get it. And then we've got to hit them with a sucker punch. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I honestly really wouldn't be surprised if we could do what we did to him a couple of seasons ago. Six And and score six again. Mm -hmm. You know, I really think Yeah, but we need someone sent off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Luke Shaw isn't playing this time. <laughs> yeah. Who's the ref, by the way? On Lucas Mora. Oh, I must admit, I'm not sure who the ref is this weekend. I was gonna see um, like a couple of hundred quid I could send them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can all chip in for that. Um then Mickey, while we've got you, I thought we'd just take a couple of minutes to, to ask you about your Spurs career. Um and I wanted to just ask you a couple of questions um on your highlights. So I'm wondering, for you, what was, what was the best highlight in your Spurs career? What what moment is it that you you always dream about, look back on and think, that was my best ever moment in a Spurs shirt?
2: From a playing perspective. Yes. So my greatest, yeah, my greatest yeah. ever day in, in the history of my football career was the finale. Um, I thought it was absolutely wow. Um, emotional incredible so that would surpass anything that i achieved as a player uh, because it was about our football club um, and our history and about moving to a new place in our history it was it was just amazing um from an individual perspective i would have to say uh, the greatest moment was my winning goal in the semi final of the uefa cup against Adjik Split when I lost the contact lens and I had to vacate the pitch um, to put it back in, because um, well, I actually found it on the pitch, strangely. But as I vacated the pitch, I couldn't, get it, I couldn't get it back in because I was excited because I'd just scored the winner. <laughs> Pete Shreves came from the dugout and put, it, put the contact lens on his finger and just opened my eye like that and then bang, straight in. Um, and as I walked back out onto the pitch, imagine the scene. Um, I'm coming up the tunnel, I'm coming back into view of the fans. Um, I've just scored the goal that's eventually puts us into the final, and the fans are going crazy as I come back into the scene it, because nobody knew what had happened and why I'd gone off. And as I come back in view, they're all singing my name. It was amazing. So it was like a special moment in time, specially reserved for me, um, but my um, to surpass that um, on the football pitch. And while my schoolboy dream was to win an FA, play in an FA Cup final and win it, uh, and I achieved that, um, I don't think any anything can surpass um, winning a massive European trophy on your own stadium in front of your own friends in your manager's last game um, and, and, and going to penalties and winning it on penalties with the very last penalty kick of the game. So um, I, I, it was just something that, I don't. It's money you can't buy. Money can't buy memories like that. Yeah. You know they could offer me the world to change that memory. You no, know, you can keep every penny that you offer me. You know that memory. Uh, I see it this second now as clear as the day that it was happening. And and I sometimes I, I lie there thinking about it, and, and I think I wonder if everybody else who ever achieved something like that, not just that night, uh, but throughout football, do they lie in bed and remember it like second for second for second (laughs) as it passes through your mind, you see it as clear as day Um, it's just it was just wonderful and and, um, um, if I could choose to go back and play football again to choose one thing that I could relive, I would choose to relive that. The whole 120 minutes. <laughs> it was just wow, and uh, just a little story to, to to complete the evening. Really, when I was a young boy, I used to be, play for lots of schoolboy teams, and and I was managed by a, a butcher called Eric Robson. So we win the UEFA Cup. We do the lap of honour. do all of that. We come back into the dressing room. Keith gets us all to sit down. Keith Perkins always sit down. And he's doing his team talk and the bloody phone rings in the dressing room. And Keith answers the phone. Hello? Mickey, it's for you. (laughs) I mean, how do you get through to the dressing room on a match (laughs) day in celebration? And it's this Eric Robson. The guy who coached me is like a, a... 11, 12-year-old. I used to play for his team. And he's got through to the bloody dressing room <laughs> and we're all drinking chambrain and celebrating. Everyone's jumping up and down. And here he is on the end of the phone. Biggie, Biggie, best I've ever seen you play. we <laughs> we're in a team meeting here. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing. That's crazy. Um, but in, in, in an odd sort of way, it sort of it played a part in complete and complete, because it was all surreal. It, things like occasions like that stay in your mind in a surreal sort of way it doesn't feel like it's real <laughs> so that of so added to it that here I was talking to a manager that I maybe hadn't seen for 20 years <laughs> and here he is he's well not 20 about 10 he, he, he's in, I mean, I'm in my team meeting of winning the UEFA cup and he's on the phone <laughs> to me in the dressing room while my manager's doing a chat I mean, did was you ever like, ask
3: him how he got the number did you ever ask him how he got through
2: no, I remember. Sometimes he follows me on Facebook now, and sometimes he messages me. Can you remember that time when I messaged you <laughs> and ran the phone? You know, you know, it was incredible. Fully enough, he wrote something about me the other day. Strangely enough, um, when we used to play in Sunderland, he wrote we used to play this game called World Cup, uh, and and he says when we used to coach the boys, he said would I used to give them running, he said, and Mickey would be walking at the back eight running. He said, "But the minute we put the ball in, you give him the ball." He said, "And nobody could get him off him, and we, he would he would work harder than anyone because he would have the ball all day long." He said, "But put the running on, and he'd be walking." And I said say that about me as well.
1: <laughs> and Mickey, I hated, just I hated that.
2: Just, just give me the ball. Just let us play football. Don't yeah. run. don't, don't no running. Don't questions. need that running Let's stuff. <laughs> Let's just play football.
1: And Mickey, last question. Favorite ever Spurs goal you've scored? Uh, I've got one in mind that I always look back on and think it was a great goal. But your, your greatest
2: goal for Spurs? So, so tell me yours first. Bruges,
1: at home, yes, White Hart Lane. Yeah, the, that was the, a great goal. From the edge of the, in the box a, into the yeah, corner. Swirled, keeper, I, keeper I, just I standing there. It, yes, I
2: right <laughs> it. The keeper went there like that. He did. And the ball was going in that corner, and then it swerved back into the opposite corner.
3: Yeah, an unreal
2: goal. goal. I mean, that's the goal, one. The goal, the goal, the goal that... I, legend has it, right, that I scored a goal at Ivory in my first ever North London derby. Um, Ricky Villier passed me the ball on the off way line. I beat three players and I smashed one into the top corner from 25 yards with my left foot, which was my wrong foot. I'm a bit like Harry Kane. Um, and it was an incredible goal. Right, But I never got to see it. So I don't know really how good it really truly was. <laughs> All I remember was, one, it was in an incredible occasion, North London Derby, my first one that I'd ever played in the first team. And and I beat three players and got sco- it top corner from the... But, but as legend as it, and as with time, you will find that legend grows and grows and grows with time. Everything... Becomes better down the line. So now that it's like, what, 40 years since I scored that goal, right? It was probably not far off this time of year as well. 40 years. Well, I blocked a shot on our goal line. (laughs) Three men come running at me, I nutmeg them, drag back one, flick the third over his head, and travel the length of the pitch, beat more players than Sonny beat against Villa or Burnley, sorry. Um, yeah, about, I mean, 14 players in total. I even went took a, took around the manager who was running around the managers
1: well.
2: I chipped the keeper from 40 yards, right? <laughs> Carried on my run, I hit the crossbar, came back out to me, 25 yards out, and I volleyed it into the top corner. <laughs> it never got televised, so it's never <laughs> been voted Goal of the Century.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> we now just need to find any. Has anybody no, got
2: this video? I, right? I don't, it don't think they It's not but, but you want to learn adverts on your shirt in that time. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Arsenal knew I was going to score this goal because they don't like me. They knew I was going <laughs> to score this goal, so they put an advert on their shirt. So it could never be shown on TV. That was their event. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> Mind you, I've yeah. given them some stick over the years because of it.
1: Brilliant stuff. That was Brilliant a really stuff. great
2: goal, I've got to say, and the fact that it was in a, a North London derby. I mean, if you speak to anybody who saw the goal, everyone who's talked to me about it, you know, who was at the game, they all say, Wow, it was. It was I would say it was my greatest ever goal in the in the first team.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, and what a perfect way to end the evening on that. So it just leaves me to sign off and thank my guest for tonight. So Mickey, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Hopefully you, you'll come back on one day and talk to us yeah, again. Later. Anytime. Um, anytime, pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Mickey. It's been Great a pleasure. To have guys, you on. thank you. Cheers, Mickey. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on tonight, mate.
0: Again, we'll speak to you again next week on Monday. Yes, definitely. I love these Monday shows. Like I say, we self-call as a host. My brother Patrick, and obviously, unfortunately, I weren't old enough to watch Mickey. But when I told you my dad, dad, when I told my dad I you was did. on with Mickey Azard, he, he had me sat down for hours, story after story after yeah. story. <laughs> did he
2: tell you about the Milky Bars and the McDonald's I used to eat?
0: <laughs> <laughs> He loves it when I tell him I'm doing, When I tell him oh, yeah, I got a podcast I'm on Monday with Mickey, I said, like, "Oh, oh, I remember this goal. I remember this goal. I remember this game. I remember this." I, said, uh, I still don't remember that. I were not old enough to watch it. Sadly, so yeah, right, exactly. that,
2: that's one of the sad things about football is that uh, some of the greatest players in the world um, never got saw by the youth of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it would be great if, um, when we judged who was the greatest that we could pit them against one another. Yeah. And the youth of today, you, you know, if we were to do a, a poll now of Spurs' greatest every player, Harry Kane would win it hands down because there's yeah. more youth of today. Yeah. Um, but where would Jimmy Greaves rank, for instance? Where would Glenn Hoddle rank? Um, so I look at it and I think it's, that's one of the tragedies for me is that um, as you retire, someone else takes your place and then the modern-day fans only see him and then when he retires, a new modern-day fan comes through. Um, mm-hmm. So, someone else will replace Harry Kane in the polls later down the line. That's one of the sad things because it would be brilliant to be able to see it. He was our greatest player ever. And statistics often don't tell the old story. Yeah. Um, because Harry Kane, for instance, if he never beats Jimmy Greaves' goal-scoring record, his assists will probably be far superior to any centre-forwards in the history of our club. So, uh, the old story is not quite covered by his goals. Um, but unfortunately, um, time flies by and uh, we don't get to see all the players that we'd love to see. I'm, I'm fortunate see...
1: enough. My dad has got a whole collection of VHS. That oh, has he? I've still been able to sit there and grew, grew up watching and still to this day love sticking them on and watching all those old 80s games, Mickey, Glenn, and one player that was massively underrated who I love, Tony Galvin. Yeah, yeah, you never winner. hear Tony
2: mentioned. Tony Unbelievable was a great player. player. Unbelievable. He was a great player. player, Tony. A he great was. player. In in that team, um, we had so much flair and creativity. Um, that we need someone who could cover the ground. Up, back, up, back, up, back. That was Tony Galvin because we had players who could hit that pass all day long into the spaces he would run into. Um, whereas Glenn didn't want to make that run. I hated that. I didn't want to make that run. I wanted to play the pass. <laughs> Um Aussie wouldn't make that run. He wanted to play the pass up. Um, Tony Galvan was uh, what I call an unsung hero who was a great player.
1: Yeah,
3: he really was.
2: He was.
1: Patrick, appreciate you coming on tonight. And we'll speak to you
3: again after the Man United game. Yeah, hopefully another win. Fingers crossed. So we'll be coming back on head <laughs> in jubilant. Everything um, closed. <laughs> yeah, always a pleasure. Like Ryan, unfortunately, I wasn't old enough or... Yeah, I wasn't lucky enough to watch some of your games. Definitely going to have to check some clips and see what I can find on YouTube and VHS and DVD. But um, yeah, it's always great to sit down and chop it up with um, former Spurs legend and someone as knowledgeable as you that knows their stuff and can tell us some stories and, you know, give us some Oh, I just guess. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Guys, guys.
1: Pleasure being on with you you and speak to you again soon.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts. Download the Free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.